Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. We're coming, and we ain't backing down. We don't need a bunch of cats in here. Looking in the mirror. Hey, will you shut up? I'm bitterly disappointed with the officiating today. Guys being dudes. And they run through our like through a tin horn, man. Thank you, Lee. Alex, 6.30 came early this morning, baby. But we do what we need to do in order to hurry up. We do do exactly what we have to do to hurry up. Welcome back to year three of the Split Zone Duo Hurry Up. It's a show that Richard and I record. I'm Alex Kirshner, by the way. This is Richard Johnson, if you are new joining us this season. It's a show that we record on Sunday mornings. And what would you say our goal is, Richard, with the Sunday Hurry Up? Well, we give you 30, 35, today, frankly, maybe 40, uh, run through the week that was. Uh, frankly, a lot of this is review work that both of us were going to do anyway. <laughs> um, so we put it together in a podcast form for our friends here. Yeah, we're going to cover a lot, you know, dozens of college football games here. Uh, We want this to be a place where you can go to catch up on everything that we found interesting over the course of the week in the sport. Not every game gets in. If something is kind of blah, boring, what expect, you know, what was expected, uh, you might not see it here. You can always look at a scoreboard, but we are going to try to pick out a lot of interesting things for you and package them up in a podcast. We're going to do this every week. We record shortly after nine in the morning. Um, So when it's NFL season, we'll try to beat the NFL games, try to give you what you came here for. Richard, you want to put 30 minutes on the clock that we can then abuse and go. And then, and then then absolutely not get 30 minutes. Yes. Uh, Let's do it. Uh, I would love to. All right. We're starting the show in three, two, one, Ohio state, 21, Notre Dame, 10. Um, That is notably, not the margin you would expect, I think, or I would expect. Uh, not exactly the point total I would expect either. No, I think at the end of the no. day, uh, Ohio State's offense was off in the first half. Jackson Smith and Jigba out. Julian Fleming also out. Um, you could tell. Thought C.J. Stroud was a little bit out. Um, but in the second half, Ohio State won ugly. And uh, Ryan Day made a point to say that at the end of the game or after the game. Uh, the knock on Day is that, and Ohio State, if there is one, is that on offense, they are too pass happy and not physical well look man ohio state did business the way it was supposed to be done last night especially in in the drive that ended up icing the game 14 plays 95 yards 10 of which were rushes um i think ohio state came out and decided after halftime that they needed to switch something up 
And they did. And I, it was impressive. It was impressive that they were able to win this game ugly in a clunker. I thought on defense, as we've wanted to see the entire summer, Ohio State was multiple in their fronts. My God, they ran some other shit other than cover one. Congratulations. That's what we wanted to see. Uh, you know, a, a lot of mug stuff where they bring those linebackers in and then drop them out. They'd stunt. They, you know, it, it was it was impressive for Ohio State. And that is how you I didn't realize that that's how I wanted to see or, or, or what. I needed to see Ohio State look like at some point in the season. It just happened to happen in week one. You mentioned halftime uh, and figuring things out. That's what Jim Knowles, the new Ohio State defensive coordinator, did at Oklahoma State, where he had a great year last year that got him this job. Oklahoma State last year gave up three fewer points per half in the second half than they did in the first half. Uh, in the back half of the year, I think I saw a stat from someone on Twitter, I think it was Keegan Reno, that they gave up like three points per game in the second half for the last like six or seven games. Jim Knowles figures things out in the locker room between the second and third quarters. And it seems evident that that happened in this game. Notre Dame didn't score a point after halftime. The yards per play went from six and a half to under four. It's just a really significant change that I think Knowles' defenses make after halftime. And it worked. Got to adjust, baby. Uh, Ohio State ran the ball, I think, like nine times in the first half. And then I, I think almost 20 times between the two of them in the second half. Mayan Williams, as the sort of thunder to Travion Henderson's lightning, is going to be a very interesting subplot this season uh, as the season goes on. Again, impressive win by Ohio State. Impressed with how Notre Dame hung on defense, on offense, Irish, you're going to have to find somebody else other than Michael Mayer to, to to get it done. But I understand quarterback making his first start, I, you know, in that environment, all that kind of stuff. Let's see how Notre Dame evolves over the course of the season. But they were game last night. They were game. It fit the pattern, though, ultimately. I mean, there are some outliers in these games for Notre Dame where they might win like they did against Clemson in 2020. There are some outliers where they might get destroyed like that Bama BCS game before the playoff matchups that they've had over the last few years. But, you know, in this case, it's just they, they fought for a while and they didn't have the guys. And that's that's how it's been when Notre Dame has played teams of this caliber. Richard, maybe the game of the night in terms of the back and forth, your Florida Gators, 29, the Utah Utes, 26 in Gainesville. Tell me about it. Yeah. Uh, how about them Gators? Uh, I, I think at the end of the day, what matters here for Florida is the two goal line stops, one of which in the first half came uh, on the goal line. And then in the second half, obviously, at the end of the game with Amari Bernie's interception in the end zone after Ventro Miller dropped an interception that I thought was going to come back to haunt the Gators earlier in that drive when Utah was going to either tie it or go ahead. Uh, dude, Anthony Richardson is batshit. I mean, it it, it is that is an impressive. He's your guy. He's your, guy. He's your best guy <laughs> like, since the last guy. I'm going to tell you, it, he's got some him in him for real, for real. He just be doing shit back there, man. He really do just be doing shit. Um, I, I think throwing the ball, they have a real boy in quarterback here. They are asking him to throw on time over the middle. They are asking him to throw on the move a lot. I thought a lot of Florida's misdirection showed in this game, in the passing game. Um, you can tell when they boot him out and, and sort of give him two or three multiple levels to read out as he's rolling. Um, and, and there were some times when he pulled 
and ran when I think he should have pulled and run. There were other times, though, I will say, when he threw the ball when I thought he should pull it and run. So, you know, a little bit of both in there. Um, I I think moving forward, you want to see a little bit less of a fastball on some throws. Like, take take some off some of those balls. He's a one-pitch guy. He's a relief pitcher. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He is coming in there and, and throwing 99, touching 101 on the gun at best. Um, impressed with Florida at running back. Uh, DeMarcus Bowman. When DeMarcus Bowman left, I wondered what they were going to do. Montreal Johnson. Impressive. Trevor Etienne. Yes, that Etienne. Very impressive. Looked a lot like his older brother uh, in the limited times that we see that we saw him um, yesterday. As a freshman, I don't I don't think they knew what they were going to get out of him. But I I think that's really impressive for an X factor kind of running back that they can use moving forward. Uh, Brent Keithy for Utah out of this world, still out of this world. But I'm not I'm not. Utah was what I thought they were going to be. I I thought Utah, particularly in the trenches, played really well. Um, Camera. I was not impressed with Cam Rising, though, yesterday. Um, besides Brant Keithy just being an insane athlete, it didn't really have a ton in the passing game. And I wanted some more to kick on from last year to give some balance and, and something else other than the rushing attack that they have. I mean, they're going to run the ball. They're going to be physical. They were last night. Um, it was a very even game. I mean, a you know, three-point game that was a three-point game and a really good game at that. Florida wins, starts the season 1-0. Great game for Billy Napier's opener. Houston 35, UTSA, uh, excuse me, Houston 37, UTSA 35 in double overtime. Not great if you had the under, like certain co-hosts on this podcast, mm. but it was a great game. It was a great game. Yeah, I think everyone can take something away from this. UTSA wants to supplant Houston as the Texas team of the G5. That's the next logical step up for them. Uh, though I guess they would like to probably win Conference USA while they still while they still are in that league. I Houston think UTSA. Houston was down like twenty one nothing or something, or twenty one seven. It was, it was a big deficit. It was a big deficit, and they had to win the fourth quarter, seventeen three, to make overtime in the first place. Um, this will be cold comfort for UTSA because they had this and let it get away. But I think that some encouragement that they could hang with Houston's athletes and that this was um, as close as it was, given where these programs were, let's say, two years ago. Um, though I guess if you want to go that way, you know, Holgerson looked like he was maybe in a spiral at UH at that point. So maybe I'm going nowhere. Uh, there was some rivalry spice in this game. Holgerson said before the game that UTSA was piping in crowd noise to the Alamo Dome. Don't think UTSA liked that. Uh, Frank Harris was great. Clayton Toon was very good. So it was good quarterback play like you'd expect. Neither team could run the ball. It's like Traylon Smith, who came from Arkansas to UTSA, uh, ran into a wall in this game. It's like 2.6 yards per carry. Brandon Campbell for Houston, not a ton better. A lot of splash plays on defense. uh, And the one guy to note from this game individually was DeAnthony Jones. He's the edge rusher for Houston. He was in Frank Harris's grill all afternoon. All afternoon. Like you see... Sometimes a, an edge player in college football who's just too much for a given tackle. That was the case for Jones for Houston in this game. Uh, and they escape. Houston escapes the Alamo Dome with a big win. Uh, Thursday night, I was here. Pitt 38, West Virginia 31. Richard, what a great night for college football this was. This was a great way to start week one. I had a fantastic yeah, it time. Was, 
it was fun. Um, by the end, it became good. I didn't think it was particularly well played in the first half, but it ended yeah. up being in the second half a fun football game, a fun rivalry. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot will be made and will continue to be made about West Virginia air raid, but they ran the ball when they needed to quite well. I was impressed with that. Uh, my public posture on JT Daniels. Maybe shifting. Um, I, he he was fine. He was fine in that game. Not much else. Uh, West Virginia's got some receivers, though. Let me tell you, they do. Uh, and one of those receivers, Bryce Ford Wheaton, deserved better than he got in this game. He made a great special teams play, caught a couple of touchdowns. His night will probably be remembered for the JT Daniels pass that hit him in the hands and bounced right to MJ Devonshire for Pitt, who ran it the rest of the field with a significant convoy of blockers uh, and scored what went down as the winning touchdown. If you're Pitt, uh, anytime you beat West Virginia, fantastic. I think Pat Narduzzi is is the classic case right now of the coach who would rather prove a point than score a point. On They were on offense. That was dreck, man. That was so, that was not fun. On offense Pitt last Pitt. year had the greatest offense, the most explosive offense they've ever had. And it was shotgun spread concepts. They spent half this game, 29 plays to 33 under center. And they averaged about three and a half yards per play on those plays, uh, as opposed to nearly nine out of the shotgun. Uh, This is what Pat Narduzzi wanted. He thought it was, he despises the concept of offense that it exists in college football. (laughs) And he hired Frank Signetti to make it boring it did work in this game. Uh, I'm questionable if it's going to work when Tennessee comes to Pittsburgh next weekend. We are gonna, we're going to find out. Uh, going to be a lot of press corners on wide receivers in that game, and how they do will probably determine things. Uh, yeah, that yeah, is, is going to be a game flow dependent game, but we'll get to it this week. Uh, I was at this game as I mentioned. I got there. Quick podcast business break on my Nokian tires. Uh, we've talked about Nokia a few times this this season already. Uh, They're a new sponsor that we're very excited to have. Uh, I think that the Nokian people are going to be pretty firmly against my agenda when Tennessee plays Pitt uh, in in Pittsburgh next weekend in what I believe is the first SEC visit ever to the stadium formerly known as Heinz Field and maybe to play Pitt at all. Um, So it's going to be fun. Uh, The Nokians took me there ably, fantastically well. I drove them. I'm at about 2,000 miles on my tires now. Um, So I'm really enjoying them. They're extremely reliable. They're made in a factory in Tennessee uh, that puts a significant focus on making tires in the most environmentally friendly way possible. Uh, A lot of sad, but I think this week, happy Tennessee fans involved in making them. We'll talk about the Vols shortly. Thanks to Nokia. Richard, oh, and I should say before I let you go, NokianTires.com slash SZD is the place to go to fill out our college football road trip map. uh, And as well as that, to give yourself an opportunity to win some rubber uh, in some drawings that Nokian will be doing. Richard, you want to take us to the Southeastern Conference? Georgia a lot, Oregon basically nothing. That was fucking pathetic from Oregon. It was pathetic, man. Like it, it, Oregon has now lost in its last three regular season games against a team with a pulse 125 to 20 combined score, man. It's just unserious. It just is. I thought yeah. Oregon's defense was going to be able to give Georgia something in this game. And Georgia basically scored at will. Not basically, Georgia scored at will. Yeah. I I, I just, I was at this game. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I I don't know what else to say besides Oregon. It's just not it, man. It's just not it. 
they're not in the weight class anymore. Did you see what Kirby said after the game about? Yeah, Dan yeah. And he, he and he does this. He, he he basically was like, man, cards on the table. We just have better players. And he said it. It's the same thing that he said after they beat Florida in the cocktail party last year. It, it, it's uh, it is the truth. <laughs> it is just the truth. They have better players. Uh, one of those, maybe the most acute example of this, uh, there's going to be a lot of new guys to get to know on the Georgia defense this year, and they're all going to be good. Uh, for me, it was Malachi Starks in this game. He is, you know, a five-star true freshman. Let me know if you've heard this before from Georgia, who is incredible right away. Played everywhere, almost literally. He was slot corner. He was at both safety positions. He lined up on the line a couple of times. Hey, man. What are you going to do? Not much. Just not much. Uh, in Oregon, <laughs> not much. Did nothing. Uh, speaking of which, uh, just a quick note, Alabama 55, Utah State 0. Utah State won a conference championship last year, and I was wondering, might there be a series or two of spunk that are sh- that is shown no. by the Aggies? No, there was not. Because to be clear about this final score, this margin of victory was such midway through the third quarter. Man, it, it as yeah. Bama, baby. Arkansas 31, Cincinnati 24. KJ Jefferson, one of the funnest jump passes you will ever see for a touchdown in that it was actually a pass. Like he jumped in the air and completed a throwing motion while airborne. Impressive. Does he look bigger to you? Like noticeably thicker, stronger, more like Jalen Hurtsy between the tackles? He's a thick guy. Yeah, taller Jalen Hurts. Interesting. Yeah, he's a thick kid, man. He is. He's like big, like, like he's not, he doesn't, he's not like a, who are some of our small little running quarterbacks we've had in college? Like, like thin wise, like, like beef wise. He's not like a, an Eric Dungy or a Lamar Jackson or, or one of these guys who like, you're just going to like make you miss in the open field though. He can do that. He's just tough. Um, And he's fast. He's, he's a really significant threat with the ball when he throws it and when he runs it. Uh, Cincinnati. I think 40 not, some Ben Bryant dropbacks is not going to be a recipe not, for success. It ain't, no, it ain't 2020 was, or 2021 anymore for, for Cincinnati. There, there is a, there is a precipitous drop off between Desmond Ritter and what they have behind center this year, Texas AM and 31, Sam Houston, zero. This game took a while to finish. They had to clear the stadium out at one point in time. You texted me earlier in the game and were like, AM's line isn't very, or AM's lines aren't very good. I, look, man, they were taking game, on water. Quarter, they were taking eh, on water. I'm just saying, eh, I'm just eh. saying. I'm just saying AM ran like 32 times for a buck 10. It's it doesn't it's just a thing and they did lose their good offensive linemen predominantly after last year. All I'm saying, it's a subplot to follow. I'm not making any final judgments based on one game. Uh the Tennessee Volunteers 59, Ball State 10. Whew. They were all over the Cardinals from like snap I mean like I think they, Tennessee had a pick on the first play of the game, scored two plays later. I mean, look, man, they were flying. They did this to Bowling Green last year to open the season. They were absolutely flying, and that pace is impossible. to. Re- I mean, Tennessee was ripping plays off like between five and six seconds of the previous at one point in time, and that's just impossible to rep. It, it, like, you're not – I don't want to say you're not running plays, but like Ball State's not set. Like you're, you're not playing 11 players because they're not actually in a stance and ready to go. Um, Tennessee against Pitt next. It's next week, right? Tennessee against Pitt it next is. week is going to be fascinating to see how Tennessee plays. 
if the game script in any way is not them immediately jumping out to a 21 point lead. It will be fascinating. I will be watching it closely. Uh, Iowa seven, South Dakota state three. You know, uh, nobody has to pretend that this was, you know how Iowa got the seven to be clear. It wasn't a touchdown. Nobody has to pretend that this was like good football or fun football or like, you don't have to make bad football your personality trait as far as Iowa's concerned. Two safeties and one field goal. Dude, how this is I just Hey. Hey, when it's week one and a bunch of drunk teenagers in the stands know the offensive coordinator's name well enough to chant it in unison and say that he should be fired, things are always going great. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Kirk Ferentz will take a long objective qualifications and resume based look at Brian Ferentz's performance as Iowa's offensive coordinator. Nebraska 38, North Dakota 17. This was an upset draft pick for me. There was one point in time where I thought we were going to cash here. Yeah, it was tied in half time. I do think, I do think, despite the bit, Nebraska does deserve some credit for shutting the door here. I know it's an FCS team. I know that's grading with a curve, but Nebraska's not very good. So yeah, let's grade it with a curve. Someone help Casey Thompson, please. His receivers I, let let so many I, yeah, passes fall also, onto the ground. He threw one of the worst. He threw an interception directly to a linebacker. No, I'm not saying I'm game. not saying that he's like a star. I'm saying he needs. He's not good enough to have a, a large heaping handful of drops every week. That's Help fair. Him out. That's fair. Help him out. That's fair. Uh, Michigan 51, Colorado State 7. I actually don't have a ton here, Richard. It, it was a game between a returning playoff team and a team that was a complete mess a year ago. Clearly, Colorado State was was not prepared to to make this kind of week one jump, and that's fine. No, Michigan's telling you exactly what they think about their non-conference schedule by playing one quarterback in the first game and another quarterback in the second game and telling you publicly a week before the game that's what they're doing. Rutgers 22, Boston College 21. At one point in time, Rutgers had a fourth and goal from like the 40, which, okay. They also played three quarterbacks in, I believe, the first series, which I also believe was a three and out. Check me on that. Uh, But yeah, um, great win for Rutgers. I mean, they beat a Boston College team that – yeah. I, I think both of yeah. us think was pretty solid or is going to be pretty solid. I mean, it should be a, a bowl team or bowl-ish. And, and yeah, Rutgers didn't have Noah Vajral, their starting quarterback, and they did play three quarterbacks in the first series and ultimately had to string together a 96-yard drive at the end uh, to go ahead and win the game, and they did it. So good for Rutgers. They continue to put distance between themselves and being the basement of the Power Five. And given where they've been, that's really good. Indiana 23, Illinois t- uh, 20. Good fight from Indiana. Uh, credit to their transfer triplets on offense. Connor Bazelak, DJ Matthews, Sean Chivers. Those three pretty much teamed up for the game-winning drive. Uh, Godfrey was there with home field. It looked fun. Congrats to the Hoosiers who did not win a Big Ten game last year. Everyone deserves to have some joy in this world. Illinois got robbed here. Robbed to a significant extent. Uh, there was a touchdown that Illinois scored earlier in this game. Brian Hightower wrestled the ball up in the air away from the DB, came down. DB wouldn't let go of his arms. He stands up like to go celebrate well after the catch has been completed and the ball flies out of his hands. And somehow the officials on the field and the replay crew allowed this to go as no catch. Uh, They settled for a field goal. That's a four point difference. They lost by three. It was much earlier in the game. So you don't know exactly how it would have played out, but 
Illinois is going to be pissed, and I think deservedly so. Our theory of Illinois, not really wrong. Chase Brown was awesome. 199 yards, a lot of big ones. Isaiah Williams, the slot receiver, very dangerous. We are still monitoring competent Illinois, though it does not have much to do with the quarterback (laughs) position. Penn State 35-31. Um, speaking of competence at the quarterback position, not a ton of it for Penn State until like the very right. last drive when Penn State just like hurried up and went formation in the boundary and Purdue forgot how to tackle. Crown him, Richard. Crown him. Uh, boy, that's just Crown him. I don't know. Crown man. a new quarterback we, for Penn State. I, I just we've seen enough, man. We've seen enough. And Dude, we saw the backup. Drew Aller is the five-star freshman that Penn State has. I don't know how many passes he threw in this game. I think he played one series. He came in and within like seven seconds threw a pass that was better than any pass Sean Clifford has ever thrown in his life. And it was dropped. It was dropped. But it was one of those beautiful layered cake throws that you like so much directly over one guy and under another guy. And the guy for Penn State dropped it because he was wearing number 44 and you're not going to catch a ball if you're wearing number 44. That's, That's science, by the way. Like, you can go seven and five or eight and four and play with Clifford all year, and that's fine. Maybe even nine and three. And I get, I get that it would be disrespectful to bench your sixth year guy, but this guy's better. The teenager is better. He's better. Wisconsin thirty, Wisconsin thirty eight, Southern Illinois zero. Uh, the great, competent, shut him out. Wisconsin's defense still great. Graham Mertz did Graham Mertz fourteen or sixty for two nineteen. Okay, yeah, that's they why I don't hear. It's because we're we're monitoring if Mertz has a better year. That's it. Uh, Also, Minnesota 38, New Mexico State 0. Tough for NMSU. They're they're very bad. Uh, Maybe the worst team in FBS this year. But that's not what's interesting. What's interesting is that Jerry Jerry Kill and PJ Fleck did not fight. They shook hands. (laughs) They took the high road in their public statements, both of them. Very unfortunate. Thought we were going to have some fireworks, and they they didn't materialize. Old Dominion 20, Virginia Tech 17. Old Dominion now has a two-game winning streak over Virginia Tech. And you Washington and another co-host Virginia Tech. on this podcast are going to sit here and tell me that it's a year zero for Virginia Tech. And they just got to recruit the Tidewater and all this bullshit. Virginia Tech is not ever supposed to lose this no. game. I do not no, care. Not. I don't care. No, they're not. They, um, just like I said on not. Wednesday, Virginia Tech, you have to figure it out when we roll the ball out against Old Dominion. Yeah, one thing that Virginia Tech did this offseason was bring in the quarterback who had the most interceptions in FBS in 20 and 2021. That's Grant Wells, who had been at Marshall, and he threw four more in this game. And Kenny Pickett changed in his last year of a long college career. It happened last year. Maybe it gave some some staffs an idea that coaches can change or that quarterbacks can change more easily. You are who you are at this point. That applies to Clifford. I think that applies to Wells, who, by the way, has some high highs, but some very low lows. Uh, Also, Virginia Tech's defense should have had a bunch of picks in this game and just dropped them or didn't come up with them. Yeah, not good for Tech. We're going to talk about and we're going to continue to talk through the ACC here. But the ACC, these season openers against game teams on the road. This is this is not what you want, baby. UNC 63, App State 61. Basketball joke here with an ACC team, uh, like I, I guess noted or excuse me, I guess North Carolina is just going to do this every week moving forward. Every week, the overs cannot be set high enough for North Carolina games. So let's start with the bad. Mac Brown should be arrested. Gene Chizik should be arrested. 
citizens wise and just for a brief time, then they should be allowed back out <laughs> in the world. I, we don't, we don't believe in the carceral complex, but Mac Brown not have, or his special teams coach or whoever, not having the hands team instructed to fall on the goddamn ball after the app state onside kick in the last minute of the game, when app state had just failed on a two point conversion to give UNC basically the game is insane. Uh, UNC ran it back for a free touchdown, but their defense is so bad that the 40 seconds or whatever app had was enough for them to go and score and have another two-pointer to tie up. Um, they failed again, but the game never should have been close. It was like Penn State and Indiana a couple of years ago. It should have been over at that point, and it wasn't because of bad coaching. Gene Chizik is UNC's defensive coordinator again, and some things never change. Um, Gene Chizik uh, made a career off of uh, a quarterback who he had nothing to do with going ahead and, uh, you know, Doing some things at Auburn. Uh, Drake May is the new Cam Newton, folks. Drake May is the new Cam Newton. That is that is not the public posture of more than it's one company host line. of Split Zone Duo. It's the, the, it's the company it line. They're basically, they're basically <laughs> the same. Uh, another narrow escape for the ACC in rural North Carolina. NC State 21, ECU 20. Oh, and I want to circle back, by the way. UNC has a lot of good, good young skill players on offense. They're going to be fun on offense, even if they can't stop anybody is, for years. Offense is not the yeah. problem. Offense not the problem. is not the issue. Not the problem. Uh, NC State 21, ECU 20. Well, tough, tough. couple missed kicks, a PAT and a field goal. One was the holder's fault. One was the kicker's. Dude, no. And God, dude, he shanked that PAT. He absolutely shanked well, Holder didn't, Holder didn't really give him a chance if you looked at it, but... It's sure. It's not like he did well with it. Oh, that was rough. Um, NC State up front. There was there was a goal line stand of all goal line stands. Uh, if you want to go out and look at how ECU at one point in time stuffed NC State, um, I like stop me where you've heard this before. NC State comes into a, a season or a game with advanced expectations and does not exactly meet them. They were 12-point favorite kick, uh, when this game kicked off. I'm happy for ECU that they had a full stadium, that the atmosphere looked incredible, and that they are back to a place where they can scare the hell out of Power 5 teams from Carolina because that's kind of what ECU does at its best. It is a huge shame that they could not make one of these kicks uh, and at least have overtime, if not win this game. Devin Leary gave him another chance. Not Leary's best game. I think he'll probably be fine. But uh, yeah, it's it's an escape by the hair and their chinny-chin-chins for NC State. Duke 30, Temple nothing. Mike Elko, defense guy. Duke had not shut out an FBS team at least this century. I looked. They had a couple of FCS shutouts. Maybe they're a little underrated. They were like a preseason 119 in SP+. They don't look that bad. I think they're certainly better than approaching the worst team in FBS territory. TCU 38, Colorado 12. I was shocked when I woke up after oh, you falling asleep one. at Wait, half. Wait, you skipped one in the ACC. I'm not going to allow this. Oh, well, yeah. We skipped the one are we you actually working, want to talk Are you about. working for Scott Satterfield? Are you trying to bury, yeah. are you trying to bury what happened? Yeah, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the pocket of big Louisville. Syracuse 31, Louisville 7. Obviously, this is mega bad for Satterfield. You're curious if Syracuse might just be better. Wait, perhaps. Perhaps Syracuse has improved. Seriously, I... Garrett Schrader was was dropping dimes in this game, a sentence that is not historically spoken a lot, but was spoken last night. He was really, really good. All right, Richard, now you may talk about TCU. Excuse me, TCU 38, Colorado 12. Uh, I was, again, I was pleasantly surprised when I woke up after falling asleep at halftime that TCU covered their team total of 36. 
because they did not look like they were going to do that in the first half of this game, needed a kick return to even be in double digits at halftime. Um, Colorado on offense was really not what you want. I mean, they had some prime field position that they absolutely shit the bed with in the first half. TCU played two quarterbacks. It was clunky in the first half. Apparently, it went very well in the second half. Congratulations, TCU. Oklahoma 45, UTEP 13. Dylan Gabriel played well. Oklahoma beat the shit out of him. Great. Oklahoma State 58, Central Michigan 44. Shocked. Shocked with Oklahoma State in this game. Oklahoma State came out and got back to the way things are supposed to be. Oklahoma State is Oklahoma State again. And this is a relief because 2021 Oklahoma State was not the authentic thing. This defense, defense that they were playing uh, and their inability to move the ball, all very weird. Um, Things are back to normal. Oh, it's an overs team again um, after one very weird year. Yeah, uh, the Big 12, uh, other than TCU playing Colorado, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of aggressive scheduling in the Big 12 this week. Uh, Texas won by a lot too. Uh, Quinn Ewers looked good, whatever. Uh, In the Pac-12, Oregon State 34, Boise State 17. And it wasn't that close. It was it was no, much more it, of a blowout than that. This was 24 nothing for like a lot longer than it than you'd like. And they clowned their asses. Like uh Oregon State scored in the second half at like 12:55 a.m. Eastern, right as I was getting ready to finish up my notes. They they scored on a pass back touchdown across the field from the back to the receiver. They were having fun. Oregon State is fun. Maybe it's time for the the Boise dialogue on the big show this week. Arizona 38, San Diego State 20. The 30-minute clock just ran out, but it's week one, so we move. Um, Arizona, you tell me, per sources, Arizona was fun in this game, yes? This is exactly what you wanted. Like, I think the offensive line is probably going to give them problems when they play better teams. But Jaden Delora from Wazoo, the transfer QB, fun, good, mobile. Jacob Cowing, the transfer receiver from UTEP, one of the two or three best returning receivers in the country, right up there with like Jordan Addison, Xavier Worthy, and maybe, maybe another guy or two. Arizona's fun. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to be good, but they are fun. And I really do not have a good feeling about San Diego State. You and I have both said this recently. If you don't learn to score, it's hard to maintain in the G5. And it's not clear that San Diego State has, uh, in addition to other reasons that Brady Hoke has to deal with things uh, right now um, related to stories that we have talked about recently and and the allegations against Matt Rice and others, you could just see this really snowballing on the field and off for San Diego state for very different, different reasons. Uh, Not a good situation there. Cal 34, Cal 34, UC Davis 13. Why is this on here? It's on here because I have to, I have to admit I picked UC Davis in the FCS upside draft and it didn't happen. Cal handled business and was not nearly what I thought they would be in this game. They, they looked much more competent than I thought. Uh, so a good win for the Golden Bears. USC 66, Rice 14. Look, this one's on here because it's the most high-profile coaching change in many, many years. It's his first game. I hope you didn't watch too much of it live, but any thoughts? No. No, I did not. But, hey, it's good. It's a good start. Yeah. You're supposed to do this. This is what you are supposed to do. Yes. I was looking for any indicator that USC's lines were shaky because um, no, if Rice did anything, Rice. as I said, as I said, none showed up. Uh, that's what you want. They had a couple of pick sixes on tip balls that went right to you guys because, again, it's Rice. Uh, yeah, did what they were supposed to do. Here's an uplifting one, Richard. Washington 40, Kent State 25, and Michael Penix Jr. was really, really good. 
39 pass attempts, 345 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, was letting it fly, throwing them big, throwing home run balls, and completing them. If Michael Penix Jr. has a good year this year, I will love that. I root for that guy. Washington State 24, Idaho 17. This was in some doubt for quite a bit of time for Washington State against in-state Idaho because, of course, remember, Pullman is in (laughs) Idaho. Um, It's... Oh, buddy. I mean, look, Washington State kind of does this, right? They they lose or they get do. close to losing they in do. week one to an FCS team. It is. I mean, is Eastern Washington. Tradition. Eastern Washington has given them a very sad day in the not too distant past. So, getting out of there with a win will probably make them feel in light. Like you know, their fans will feel better because of what has happened to FCS neighbors. But yeah, it doesn't look good. Uh, Cameron Ward. Very hyped transfer QB. Slow out of the gates. We'll see where that goes. Welcome to FBS. The James Madison Dukes, 44. Middle Tennessee, 7. JMU's passing game apparently was fantastic in this game. Uh, Middle Tennessee, man, what are we? I, I, I just don't know. BYU 50, USF 21. It wasn't that close. Delaware 14, Navy 7. Navy fumbled on the very very first play of their season on offense that is is, i don't think people realize like the academies have have both been competent the last few years and and i think that's that's awesome wow not not a few years you're damn right not not the few years like for the last 15 to 20 years they've both been competent they can be bad and when it's bad it's bad so last year remember when kenny amatololo and the athletic director there, Chet Gladchuk, had a very public disagreement about Ivan Jasper, the offensive coordinator who the AD tried to fire and the head coach was like, Not no, please don't fire, do that. fired. Did, did. And they brought him back. Yeah. Um, remember, we thought it was weird at the time that they were both back this year because that's a, that's a sign that you've got some real discord between your high profile athletic department leaders. If Navy's like three and nine or something, which looks totally possible, they, I mean, something's got it. I don't know. Ken's got a ton of respect there and among his peer set, but I just don't know. I mean, they're they're bad. Like it's this looks like a bottoming out. SMU 48, North Texas 10. Early part of the year, Richard, we do a lot of wondering when we see results. We see UNT destroy UTEP in week zero, and we think, well, maybe UNT is fixed. We don't know. And maybe they are. But then we see 48 to 10 to your crosstown rivals SMU, and we wonder again. And this is now four years in a row of SMU not just beating North Texas. Remember, this is Highland Park to Denton. They're not far apart at all. And four years in a row of SMU destroying North Texas every year, 49 to 27, 65 to 35, 35 to 12, and now 48 to 10. North Texas, when they play SMU, is a dead dog. And they're going to share a conference soon. Thing to keep an eye on. Wyoming 40, Tulsa 37. Uh, double overtime. So yeah, double overtime is going to inflate your point total, but Hey, Wyoming, 40 points, Tulsa, 37 points. That's what we like to see. Liberty 29, Southern Miss 27. Charlie Brewer is out for six to eight weeks as Liberty's quarterback. Again, I do not mean to pick on the young man, but Oh man, dude, please take care of yourself. Charlie, just grab a clipboard. And I I, I know you love playing ball, but Holy cow, man. After 30 St. Francis, 23, Alex, not what we like. 
when a team that kind of sounds like a high school pushes you to Oregon uh, to, to overtime. It does sound like a high school. Uh, yeah, this one's on here because there's been some speculation by some unnamed people that Akron could be a really quick bounce because of Joe Moorhead's <laughs> bona fides offensively. Table that. I don't think that's going to happen in year one. Unlikely. Uh, also in the MAC, Northern Illinois 34, Eastern 27. Uh, this one is on here because, Richard, tell me if this sounds familiar. NIU runs for five and a half yards to carry, totes the rock all night, doesn't do a ton in the passing game, and wins a one-score game in which they didn't play that well. That's that's kind of the script at this point for NIU. That's 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 just the way business is done for them. Uh, Bill and Merrick, 41, Charlotte, 24. The offense for Charlotte, you can blame on a bad backup quarterback. The defense, you can't. It's it's nope. not good at Charlotte right now. Nope. Uh, congrats to all who took this five-pointer in the FCS upset draft for SplitZoneDuo.com patrons. By the way, subscribe to the Patreon. We'd love to have you there. There is rarely a better time than the beginning of the season to join. A lot of stuff on there recently. Dead Letters, Arkansas, uh, Godfrey Single Wing. We've got so much happening, uh, and we would love to have you. Charlotte does not have so much happening. This is a a grim outlook right now for Charlotte. It's important to remember it's still a startup program, and they've got, in some ways, a very bright future. The AAC obviously believes in them, but they're terrible. They're terrible. And they let FAU and William & Mary into the 40s in back-to-back weeks. FIU 38, Bryant 37. You heard that right. In overtime, FIU takes down Bryant. This was my upset dra- one of my upset draft picks, and we also almost cashed here. I, Bryant was up two scores and probably should have been up more than Bryant, that. Bryant, not a good FCS team, by the way. Uh, yeah, FIU was down 16 nothing and had to do some work to come back and win this game. But good for them. They did it. Mike McIntyre gets to put a W on the board. And FIU showed some resiliency uh, against a team that would have been really tough for them to lose to. Nevada 38, Texas State 14. I don't have any particular insight, in, insight into this, but Jake Spavital is not long for that chair in San Marcos. I don't really get why I don't really get why Nevada was a one point favorite in this game. That 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 doesn't track with me. Coastal Carolina 38, Army 28. Shots did it, baby. That's a win for all of us in the SCD BetUS Pick'em game. Go to BetUS.com. Use the promo code SCD when you deposit for up to a 200% match. That is B-E-T-U-S.com to join now and get 200% in bonuses with that promo code SCD. Nobody in the industry gives better discounts than BetUS. Join up. Use that code. You can get a significant match on your first deposit there. Head to BetUS.com. That's BetUS.com where the game begins. Thanks to them for their continued support of the show this year. Richard, Army is just like much more limited than Coastal Carolina. Like Coastal is Army, but with a passing component. And also Coastal kind of armied Army because they held the rock for 36 minutes. Very impressive by Coastal. Yeah, they roll on. I mean, it's the third year of this now. They are what they are with that quarterback, with Grace McCall quarterback. They get the job done, man. They just do. That is the week one hurry up for Split Zone Duo. We took about 40-something minutes here. It wasn't 30, but there are no rules. Uh, We still hope it was quick for you. I'm Alex Kirshner. You're Richard Johnson. Richard, see you on Wednesday.